Chapter Sixteen of the Convict by G. P. R. James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. The night was dark but fine, and innumerable stars spangled the sky as four men stood on watch by the side of a large old barn within sight of a farmhouse. Although a human habitation was there, the place had a desolate and solitary aspect. There was the farmstead with its ricks and stacks it is true showing that industry was at work but not another house was to be seen around except that yeoman's dwelling not a labourer's cottage even and the ground immediately around was uncultivated and presented no homely and comfortable hedgerows no protection from the bleak winds which swept over the adjacent downs immediately round the house the ground sloping hither and thither was covered with short turf upon a sandy soil, which appeared in many a yellow patch and broken bank. And between two of the latter ran a good broad road, heavy to travel through with a wain or cart. At the edge of this road, and not more than twenty or thirty yards from it, was the large, shapeless barn I have mentioned, the boarding broken off in several places, and the tiling in a very shattered condition. Between it and the road, upon the bank, which was not above three feet high, were seated the men who, as I have stated, were placed on watch there, and it was evident that they listened from time to time for distant sounds, breaking off their low-toned conversation, and bending an attentive ear at the word, Hush! They can't have got there yet, William, said one of them. Remember, it is more than three miles. Aye, but they will go it quick, answered the other. That was at the first starting replied the first their march will be slower after a while it is your impatience calculates your time and not your wit i would rather be at work with them there said another than lagging here doing nothing we have a post of more importance and perhaps of more danger too rejoined the second speaker the success of the whole may depend upon us hark there is a footstep perhaps it is the soldiers they talked of now jump down and stand to your arms my lads remember you william carry the intelligence at the first sight of them while we hold them in parley as long as possible and as he spoke he jumped down into the road first snatching up a musket that lay by his side whoever or whatever it was they expected only a single figure appeared and as it came up the sandy path towards them a voice shouted stand give the word justice replied the clear full voice of mr dudley and as he spoke he continued to advance direct towards the men who barred the road that's the word sure enough said one of them in a low tone but he has got no arms and does not look like our people i dare say he is one of sir arthur's men replied another and after a momentary hesitation they made way to let him pass Dudley, however, paused in the midst of them, inquiring in a familiar tone, "'Which way have they taken?' And after hearing the reply of, "'Straight on, you cannot miss it,' he walked forward at the same rapid pace which had brought him thither. For a little more than two miles farther, no sound nor sight indicated that he was approaching the scene of any important event. The road was varied, sometimes passing over a part of the bare downs, sometimes gliding in between little copses and hedgerows sometimes crossing over a shoulder of the hill sometimes skirting its base at length however a distant roar was heard 
as of a multitude of human beings talking tumultuously and coming out of the little valley through which passed the byway he was pursuing a strange and not unpicturesque scene burst upon his eyes he was now at the foot of the steep ascent which led up to the old gates of the small town of barhampton and the decayed walls with their flanking towers were seen crowning the rise at the distance of somewhat more than a quarter of a mile i have said that they were seen though the night was very dark and the moon had not yet risen but it was by a less mellow and peaceful light than that of the fair planet that the crumbling fortifications were displayed more than a hundred links were blazing with their red and smoky glare around the gate and beneath the walls and a sea of human beings moving to and fro some on horseback and some on foot was shown by the same fitful flames with strange effects of light and shade varying over them every moment as the groups themselves changed their forms or the links were carried from place to place at the same time a dull murmuring subdued roar was heard strong but not loud as of many persons speaking eagerly and every now and then a voice rose in a shout above the rest as if giving directions or commands without pausing even an instant to gaze upon the scene however strange and interesting dudley hurried on up the ascent sometimes running sometimes walking till he reached the outskirts of the mob where a number of the less zealous and energetic were standing idly by some with arms in their hands of various kinds and sorts muskets fowling pieces pikes swords scythes set upright upon poles pistols and daggers or large knives some totally unarmed like himself or furnished merely with a bludgeon in advance was the denser part of the crowd agitated vociferous swaying hither and thither and seeming to attend but little to the commands which were shouted from time to time by several persons on horseback the confusion was indescribable and little could be seen of what was going on in front though the light of the torches caught strong on one or two of the banners bearing inscriptions in gilt letters and upon the figures of the horsemen who were raised above the crowd on foot towards one of these mr dudley strove to force his way but it was with difficulty that he gained every moment or two a step in advance till at length he came suddenly in the midst of the densest mass of the people upon a brass six-pounder of somewhat antique form with the two horses which had drawn it up the hill there seemed to be another a little in advance but seeing the space somewhat clear on the other side of the gun dudley leaped over it and hurried on more freely towards the figure upon which his eyes had been fixed and which he recognised at once though some attempt had been made to disguise the person as he was passing the other field-piece however a man of foreign appearance with a large pair of mustachios stopped him rudely telling him in french to keep back dudley replied in the same language i must pass sir i wish to speak with that gentleman and at the same time he thrust aside the other who was much less powerful than himself and was approaching sir arthur adelon when suddenly a broad blaze broke up just under the arch of the old gateway and a loud voice exclaimed that will soon burn them down the crowd recoiled a little and dudley for a moment caught sight of a huge pile of dry bushes which had been placed against the old gates and lighted by some gunpowder the next instant he was by sir arthur's side and then for the first time saw 
a little in advance of the baronet the lawyer norris apparently acting as the leader of the multitude and at that moment giving directions for bringing round the muzzles of the field-pieces to bear upon the gates as soon as they should be destroyed by the flames the tumult and uproar were so great that sir arthur neither saw nor heard dudley till the latter had spoken to him three times and then when he turned his eyes upon him he started and became very pale sir arthur listen to me for a moment said dudley bend down your head and hear what i have to say the baronet seemingly by an involuntary movement did as he was required and dudley continued in a low voice saying take the first opportunity of turning your horse and riding away and be sure impossible sir impossible answered sir arthur in the same tone and be sure answered dudley without heeding his reply that if you do not you will have bitter cause to regret it listen to me yet one moment sir before you answer there is a part of the gate down cried the loud voice of norris bring these cannon round quicker have you lost your hands and arms sir arthur adelon continued dudley earnestly i was asked a question by those who sent me and to it i gave a willing reply in accordance with that reply i was directed to say to you i have heard that some papers will be given up to me in a few days affecting questions long past but i say at once i wish all those gone by affairs to be buried in oblivion and if you will retire at once from this scene of treasonable violence i give you my word that when those papers are given to me i will destroy them without looking at them then he has betrayed me murmured sir arthur with a furious look towards norris he has forced me forward into these deeds and then betrayed me but it is too late he added aloud for the preceding words though they were caught by dudley had been uttered in a very low tone i know not what you speak of sir if you have come here to put forth enigmas i am too busy to unriddle them it matters not to me whether you look at papers or not that is all your own affair and breaking off abruptly he again gazed gloomily at norris and muttered something between his teeth of which dudley only heard the word revenge there were two holsters at his saddle-bow which are commonly used in some of our volunteer regiments of cavalry and as he spoke sir arthur adelon put his right hand to one of them while he turned his horse with the other but dudley grasped his bridle-rein saying one word more sir arthur and then i must go you are in great danger he added in a lower voice not only are there troops within the town but in five minutes you will have the yeomanry upon you so much i have learned this day be advised for your own sake for the sake of your family turn your horse disentangle yourself from the crowd and make the best of your way back to brandon sir arthur gazed at him with a look of stupefied astonishment but ere he could answer a voice shouted the gates down the gates down and immediately a rush forward took place beginning with those behind who heard the announcement without seeing what was going on in front orderly orderly cried norris let the guns advance first but as he spoke there was a loud ringing peal of musketry from the inner side of the gateway and then a straggling shot or two a man amongst the rioters dropped another staggered pressing his hand upon his side and fell and the horse which norris was riding reared high and then came thundering down at the same instant there came the sound of a wild hurrah from the side of the hill to the left 
together with that of galloping horse another volley of shot rang from behind the gateway of the town and then with a cheer a small but compact body of infantry advanced at the charge with fixed bayonets from within the walls two more of the rioters had fallen by the second discharge the cries spread among them that the cavalry were upon them those at the extreme verge of the crowd began to run the centre remained firm for a moment more from indecision than courage but the next instant panic seized all and one general scene of flight and confusion followed dudley caught one more glance of sir arthur adelon but it was only to see that he was spurring the fine horse he rode fiercely along the slope towards the other side from that which now presented the advancing line of a well-disciplined body of yeomanry cavalry it was now time that dudley should think of his own safety he was in the midst of a body of rioters whose acts amounted to treason though a more lenient construction was afterwards put upon them under the merciful influence of modern civilization with quick step then but not at a run he turned somewhat in the direction which had been taken by sir arthur adelon skirted round the town to the westward and when he had got in amongst some houses which had been built upon the walls turned back as if coming towards the scene of a fray the great mass of the people had fled down the hill towards the villages and copses in the interior and it must be said that the yeomanry inexperienced in such proceedings made but few prisoners considering the number of people present at the attack upon the town a confused noise however reached dudley's ears of galloping horse and shouts and cries but keeping away to the right he avoided the spot where the pursuit was going on and at the same time endeavoured to regain the road which led towards brandon he was some time in finding it and even when actually upon it did not feel sure that he was right till he perceived after having gone on for a quarter of a mile a tall finger-post of a peculiar form which he had remarked as he passed before the road was quite solitary although he thought he heard steps running on fast before him and no one did dudley meet with during the whole weary seven miles he had still to walk before he reached the gates of brandon park sad and gloomy were the thoughts which kept him company by the way from that scene of mad violence he reflected upon the fate of the misled men who had fallen or been taken and with still more sorrowful feelings he thought of the future condition of the widow the orphans the parents of the dead and all that were connected with or dependent upon the prisoners but it is with his own fate i have to do and not with his mere meditations and therefore i will conduct him at once past the old barn and lonely farmhouse which marked about half the distance and bring him to the gates of the park the moon was by this time rising but the light of a candle was in the lodge and the small door leading into the park at the side of the greater ones was open dudley passed through and advanced up the avenue towards the house but he had not proceeded two hundred yards when two men started out upon him from behind the trees and seized him by the shoulder mr edward dudley said one i apprehend you in the queen's name here is the warrant upon what charge demanded dudley without making any resistance why it may be murder it may be manslaughter replied the constable that remains to be seen you must come to the lodge for to-night sir for i am ordered to keep you there in safe custody in the little room with the round window at the back End of chapter sixteen